Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Culture Cast. If you're joining us for the first time, this is EXP's official diversity, equity, and inclusion podcast. We're here on episode 13. We're coming really far with this. And today we're talking about a really important topic. We're talking about Transgender Day of Remembrance. And joining me today is Robin Mann, celebrated agent, everybody's favorite. Uh, Robin, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Do you want to give people a little bit of your background? Sure. I have been in the business eight and a half years, been with EXP. It'll be four on January 1st. Woohoo! Uh, four-time icon. And I do, um, I've sold a home a week every week since 2016. That's like my big, Ooh. yeah. Uh, I've got 60 people in my organization and um, yeah, I've got two wonderful kids and a husband and uh, what I got, two dogs, four cats, five chickens and a duck. <laughs> and a duck and a duck oh my gosh I, oh, I love ducks you know when people ask that question uh you know what animal would you be if you could right. be an animal i think duck is the obvious answer right that has been my answer always. and they walk and they fly who else you mean ducks are that always been my answer but i would be a male duck because female ducks like they get destroyed it's a horrible thing yeah the duck mating season we can delete that out if you want but like <laughs> <laughs> I love ducks, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're so you know yeah. uh, uh, versatile, and and also they quack, which is adorable. So it's cute. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so we're here talking about Trans Day of Remembrance. Um, let's shed some light on the significance of Trans Day of Remembrance and tell people why it's crucial to commemorate this day in the sort of broader context of the struggle of the LGBTQ plus community. Why are we talking about this, Robin? Yeah, first, I'm honored to be asked, I, and I'm no way an expert in trans. Um, I'm an ally, and I have trans friends and um, family. I think the importance of this day is that that we don't know about it, but, and that it's one of the largest populations um, that I know of. Like, I know there are global, um, but it is a very large population where hate crimes happen, and hate not even just hate crimes, but hate murders happen and they aren't reported and they aren't um, recognized. And there's a lot of shame uh, for the families and there's a lot of shame uh, around it. And uh, my overlying story of it all is that that's someone's baby, that's someone's child and they deserve to be seen and they deserve to be recognized. So I think it's important to put it out there. Uh, I did just a little research looking at stories and there's just, hundreds of heart-wrenching stories of these people just living their lives and they are killed because they because of hate yeah that's true and it's uh you know we what we see is this sort of trans panic defense um which is sort of like the gay panic defense of the 80s and 90s if if um anybody remembers that that's listening but um this sort of I didn't know this person was trans. And when I found out my reaction was to vi vi violently attack them. Right. right. Um, that's a, it's just a scary reality in our legal system today that people are using this defense quite a lot. It's horrible. Like yeah. then just walk away. Like, you don't yeah. have to kill them. Just walk away. You know, there's that right. very simple thing you were told to do as a kid, walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I think uh, navigating your life as a trans person is, is difficult. Um, 
with the in context of the broader broader LGBTQ community and and the and the, the issues that we face currently is you know we see a lot of existence being politicized um which is a wild thing to politicize someone's existence right yes. someone is you know existing living their life to their fullest living their best life and um you know you think it's inappropriate because someone who you hold in high regard thinks that way right um, i would uh you know ask anybody watching this who who has um you know, negative thoughts or, or views about uh, the trans community based on what they've seen on the news and what they've seen on TV or what they've heard on the radio, um, to just listen into this episode and challenge that a, a little bit. Um, I'd also encourage you, EXP offers a really robust pronouns training that we, uh, that I teach. Um, if you're interested in that, um, you can reach out to us at DEI at exprealty.net. Um, we've got the information for join the DEI team down there. Just say, hey, me and my team could use it or I could use it and, and we can help you learn more about it. What we find more often than not when it comes to the topic of the transgender community is that people don't make the attempt to learn more about it because they're afraid of what if they say the wrong thing. Right. Um, and we break down in that training how easy that misconception is to to barrel through because often if you say the wrong thing you apologize and move on and it's that's great. it that's it i think the remembrance part is significant like yeah um as a mom i would love to know that my child is remembered um and that they are honored in some way so i i don't know i think it's it offers um, it offers uh, a little bit of love to the families who have lost, and mm. only because like the only because their kid was was not normal. None of us are normal. I'm not normal, you know. Like none of us are normal. So uh, why why are we killing folks? Um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's another piece of this as well that it's not just violence against. The trans community but it's also suicide rates uh wow. transgender transgender individuals are eight times more likely than cisgender individuals to have attempted suicide before age 30. um ah. which is a, a really staggering stat eight times more likely well right. and on that like when so our son came out and as gay and when he came out i called the suicide prevention hotline like me personally as a mom not because i was thinking of i was going to commit suicide but i wanted to help him and so like that's a resource for everyone like they they applauded me for calling they were like i was like i'm not suicidal but i want my son to not be what can i do to help him and they walked me through it and we we you know did some steps together and you know you can call back like it's not just if you are thinking about suicide if you um want to understand how to help your child or your loved one um come to grips with with coming out as who they are as a true person that i think there are resources that you can that you can call that you may not even think of. You know, I called them immediately. <laughs> like, I'm not, yeah. guy, but I want help. So yeah, that's right. And now, you know, the beautiful thing about that is now that's available. I preach this all the time because people don't know it and it wasn't advertised well. But now the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is also the Mental Health Crisis Hotline for the yeah. U.S. 
Yeah. And it is available with a three-digit number, 988. And you can yeah. dial it from anywhere. You can dial 911. So even when you're in scary dead zones with your phone, right, mm -hmm. you can dial emergency numbers, including that one. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's very cool. So 988 is, is there if you or someone else is experiencing a mental health crisis. And, um, you know, for transgender individuals, if you know someone who's trans that needs a resource, there are a lot of those available, too. And I'm happy to help you find those resources if you if you have a question about those. But just off the top of my head, some of those would be that one, 988. Mm -hmm. Or there's also the Trevor Project, which has a great um, round the clock, 24-7 support chat as well as text um, if you don't want to speak. Um, and then, you know, there is also uh, the Born This Way Foundation, which is a fantastic organization started by Lady Gaga. Oh, that, wow. um, that's cool. Yeah, that is is really good, good and does a lot of charitable work and helps a lot of um, local uh, organizations, LGBTQ organizations help stand themselves up. Nice. Um, yeah. So all those are great. So talk to me a little bit about personal experiences you've had with folks from the trans community. I, I, I have a feeling you've got some stories you'd like to tell. I do. Um, so this one actually happened this weekend and it was fascinating to watch my reaction to it and to watch their reaction to it. So uh, I was at this local, actually we were there because they, this it's a local restaurant. They're phenomenal. They get, they do drag um, breakfast and they get protesters all the time. And so we were there yeah. celebrating their celebrating an anniversary and, and, uh, and, and trying to love on the protesters. So uh, this person's in line in front of me at the checkout with uh, another woman and two kids and I was like, gosh, I feel like I know them, but I couldn't, it didn't register in my brain as to who this person was. Cause it's a woman. And the person I was thinking of was a man, like born a man. And I was just like, man, and, and I couldn't see the, the wife's face. So I kind of lean in and I noticed that she notices that I'm leaning in to see who <laughs> she is. And I was like, I think I know you. And she said, yes, you sold us a house. And then the wife turned around and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was, I was um, at a loss for words because I didn't want to insult and I didn't want to be like, oh my God, you look great. Um, or, you know, in a bad way, I, wa I wanted to be accepting and affirming and loving. And so I literally sat there kind of in this awkward pause, like, what do I say? Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yes, wow. And so then I started talking about the kids and how, you know, they'd grown and they looked they looked like they were great. And the wife and I spoke and then the, the I guess the wife, it would she would be called a wife now. The wife and I, the other wife and I spoke who, who I knew as a man uh, and she introduced herself. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a phenomenal name. I see that that like that really fits fits you. And it was so hard for me. And then I sat back and I thought, okay, wow, that was not hard for me. That was way hard for her and for her family. Like mm -hmm. they are out in public as a family. And to you and to me, to me and my husband and our two kids, that's, that's, we breathe. We, that's what we do. That family, that is monumental for her to come out dressed as she feels as a human in public with her wife and with her kids I mean, like I wanted to cry, like how phenomenal it was. Mm -hmm. And then to think like you could see in her body language, you know, she was 
she was slumped over and not not living her best self. You know, it's like she yeah. could see she was still hiding. And so later I saw them again and I was like, you look phenomenal. And and we, you know, chat a little bit, we hugged a little bit. Um, it, it was really eye-opening in relation to even this conversation that like, yeah, you just never know. Um, yeah, you really don't. And I, I think, you know, a, a couple of things from that story that stick out to me is if, if you of all people were, you know, taken aback and had that sort of awkward pause, you know, what would someone who, who, who doesn't know and care and come with that light feel like, you know what I mean? Right. So I think, you know, it's, it goes to show you that even to those of us that really do care, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it gives us pause. Right. Yes. And that's OK. Right. And I think the beautiful thing about that story is how you recognized what uh, what she was going through. Right? right. Yeah. And I think that the dysphoria that comes along the gender dysphoria, for those that, that don't know what that is, gender dysphoria is when um, your self image doesn't match up to the way that you're perceived by others or what may come be looking back at you in the mirror that comes alive a lot for transgender people. That's the, yes. the, the medical diagnosis is gender dysphoria, right? That's yeah. the, the, the number one reason the prognosis that folks are allowed to medically transition is because of dysphoria is such a, a negative mental thing. Right. But that dysphoria comes bubbling back up when someone who only knew you as your, your, your former self, right? right? Yes. Um, and I was so cautious to not say the other name. I was like, right, or the, other, they call it the dead name. I was just like, uh, you know, what I wanted to do was like, oh my gosh, you're trans and like hug her and be like, you look phenomenal. Oh my gosh. But then I was like, well, I don't want like, I don't know how to draw attention. Yeah. Right. So I just backed off. It was, it was very enlightening. And I mean, I have, I have another friend who's a huge um, advocate and very heavily involved in LGBTQIA diversity um, down in Charleston. And they, um, they did their transition from um, female born to, to male, I don't know the appropriate terms, but, uh, and videotaped it. And I got to watch that journey, videotape the emotional process and the, not necessarily the surgeries and such, but, um, and they are phenomenal. And I actually spoke to them about this. I was like, tell me what to say that would be helpful. And, and they were wonderful. Like they, you know, he is, he had, he is married. He has two kids now and he's, he's happy and he looks happy in his heart, in his soul. And his big words were that, you know, just that they, they deserve to be remembered. They deserve to be seen as valuable in this world. Yeah. And I believe that the, you know, for the transgender day of remembrance, they deserve to be valued. And I, I just, God, it pains me. Like I read all the stories and I was like, I, try, I couldn't even read them because I'm a very, um, what's the word? Uh, empath. I'm a very empathetic person. So like, um reading the stories is just soul crushing the the pain that these people go through just being themselves and then to have their life taken taken away because they were just being themselves right i mean and and uh, you know unfortunately we live in a, uh, in a in a world where where identity you know we talked about this before where identities are are being politicized and it's it's one of those things that going outside being your authentic self is 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 is, is tough And, you know, I want to make a brief programming note to anybody that's watching this and thinking, why do we have two cisgender people on Mm. this day of remembrance talking about trans issues? And 
you know, EXP, we're a very, very diverse company. We're a very inclusive company. Um, me and my team do everything we can to make sure that we are on the cutting edge of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And our pride network is great and it's beautiful and it's robust. And I would encourage everyone to join that conversation and learn more, even if you're not part of the community, but our allies have a, a greatly magnified voice in the pride network and the opportunity to learn from the stories of those who've been through what we've been through. Um, all of this is to say that over the course of the past year, we've reached out a lot to our EXP community at large in a bunch of different forums and a bunch of different ways in many different circles to try and find those transgender voices that want to stand up and be amplified. And right now, I think it has a lot to do with the political climate and it has a lot to do with people getting through the struggles of their day-to-day -day life and not needing to add more stress. But right. we still have not found someone who would be willing to be on podcasts like this or yeah. would be willing to speak about trans, someone who is trans, to speak about trans stuff on various events and panels. And I think that speaks volumes at a company with 89,000 real estate agents being yeah. as diverse and inclusive as we are, that still there's that, fear or hesitation to step forward. Right. Um, even here. Right. Right. It, it's a, yeah, it, but yeah, because you're, you're worried. And like, I have the privilege of, I might get harassed about it, you know, or I might lose business because of it. Um, I'm not living it. And so I can put it away. I don't choose to, like, I want to advocate and ally, be an ally for transgender um, but th those who are like, they don't get to put it away and they're walking that and carrying that every day. So I totally get that. It'd be hard to find someone because they would be, they'd be a target potentially. Mm -hmm. And, and this day of remembrance is proof that they shouldn't be a target. You know, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, that's the, you know, the key is that this isn't just trans day of celebration and recognizing the pride and joy of the trans community. This is a somber day of remembrance of lives lost and lives negatively impacted by societal views that don't really have any place in society. Right. Um, that's, that's it. Yeah. So um, when we're talking about these stories, uh, why, why, is it important for us to amplify the voices of our trans folks in our community? So I thought of a story, <laughs> I thought of an analogy and I didn't know, and I hope this is an appropriate place to share the thought. Um, because I wanted to get that. I really hope people who aren't trans and who aren't part of the pride network, who that are just the general public at large, would listen to this story and maybe think differently about any any polarized category, but especially on this day, we'll, we'll, we'll target in towards trans. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a horrible story, right? Rudolph is this beautiful little reindeer that's born and he is perfect and his mom and dad love him. He's perfect, they love him so much. And then all of a sudden his nose lights up and the dad is a complete jerk. He takes some coal and covers up his nose um and sends him out to play so he rudolph does great with his little friends while he's covered up much like the trans people of the world they do okay when they're covered up when they are not the true selves they're out there doing it they're out there you know taking the 
the girlfriend to prom when they really want to be with the guy or whatever, like they're, they're doing, they're putting on the dress when they don't want to, um, all the things I don't, I can't, I can't name those things cause I don't live them. Um, I can only guess the uncomfortableness of those, those thoughts. So then all of a sudden Rudolph's nose falls off and everyone sees who he is for real. And they start bullying him and they pick on him. And even Santa is mean to him and Rudolph runs away. Now the part of the story that sucks is they only see his value when they're, when he's of use to them. The part that helps, I think is that they, um, that he was that same way all along. He always was of value. It was their skewed perceptions and, and biases and, um, awfulness that made him not be of value. It had nothing to do with Rudolph. Right. When he came out and was his true self, he was of value. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> when he was that little boy, that little Rudolph that that ran away, he was of value. And when Santa finally saw it, he was of value. So why I think that's important is that every single person is of value. And that's what the transgender day of remembrance is in my brain, like these people are of value. They're someone's child. And, um, I'm a believer in whatever thing you're a believer in. If you are a believer in a higher power, that was someone's baby. That was someone's, in my words, I say, that's a child of God and God, God doesn't screw up. That God doesn't make mistakes. I don't know if we're allowed to say that on this thing, but I don't care if you're Hindu or Baptist or Islam or, um, whatever, you know, you're created beautifully and perfectly just exactly the way you are. And for people to take away lives for that is it, it's heartbreaking and horrifying. And so if we can bring light to it and say, if we can look at everybody like a valuable Rudolph, like from the second they're born, <laughs> they're valuable. Um, yeah. And maybe they need to change like they, you know, to make their body, the gender dysmorphia thing. But um, I don't know. It just made me, that story I never liked because I didn't like that he got bullied and I didn't like that Santa was mean to him. Mm. So I just spent time with it. I don't know why it related to me and transgender, but um, I think why it did was that what this point of that story is that, that he had value all along. Yeah, it just, it's true. It's true. And, you know, there's a there there's a lot there that speaks not just to the trans community, but for folks that are different. Right. right. And I think, you know, part of our message at the DEI team and one of the messages of the concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion is that that difference is what makes him special. Right. right? And right. it's not something that should be hidden. It's just something that should be celebrated. Yes. You know, not to, again, we're tying back to a lot of Bible studies, but that's the way I grew up, right? Yeah. Is that don't hide your light under a bushel piece. Right. right? Yeah. Um, that it took me a really long time to uh, be able to be my professional self and also really unabashedly myself as right. well cool. right you can be both of those things at the same right. time like, yeah because yeah. i'm i'm i am a corporate voice of exp realty right. i'm also real gay <laughs> <laughs> and anybody that has a conversation with me knows i don't i don't have anything to add to the conversation about sports but i can talk to you about rubles drag race to your <laughs> Um, you know, and that's just who I am. And I bring that, I bring that to work and it, it is, um, it, it helps, it helps me. It does. It does help me. And I think it's important, you know, also to note, there's a piece in that, 
and that Rudolph story that, that, that stuck out to me about um, when he's covering up his nose, right. To appear so that that's something that we do in the, in the transgender community that's called passing. Right. Right. And if you can pass or can't pass is not something everybody has the capability to do. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of individuals who, when they finally are happy with what they look like in the mirror, the world can still see that's a trans person, like a neon sign. And right. there's nothing they can do about it. That's biology. Right. Right. And that makes it so these people are, aren't even capable of putting on the disguise. Right. You know what I mean? Um, which is just adds another wrinkle to this transgender conversation that's different than other things. For me, if I want to pass as straight, there's not anything I have to do about physically. Right. Right. It's just about personality and tone and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can do to make yourself sound pass right. straight, right? All I got to say is my wife, you know, and right. then, you know, somebody <laughs> will believe I'm straight. Right. But if I were to put on a wig and a dress and go out, people would immediately be like, that's a man in a dress. Right. Right. It's a yeah. big, it's a big different struggle that they have. It is. And it's, and it's, um, it's, it's, I'm really proud. Like I, I'm going to text that client that I ran into today and just, you know, send some love and some affirmation because it is a, yeah, they can't, they can't just be who they are. And that's awful. Like, and I know that the gay population, LGBTQ or LGBT, LGB, that, that whole population um, mm-hmm. struggles with that as well. And it, but it being trans does take it to the next level. And then being a person of color that's trans. Yeah. Whole different ballgame because I, yeah. I feel like that um I feel like that's probably the highest population of these of these um murders is uh, it is oh it is by a long shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean we talk about the these crazy murder and violence rates for trans people. Those numbers are exponential for people of color, particularly uh black trans women get it very, very badly. Um it's 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 that point of intersectionality where you know um for those that haven't heard my intersectionality spiel the the term intersectionality comes from the intersection in the way that our different varying points of identity uh can 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 collate to either empower us further or make it more of a struggle for us and it comes from an original study that was done where a Hispanic woman in the workplace was like, why am I making so much less than a white man? And they looked at her and they said, well, Hispanic people make this much to a dollar, right? Say they said Hispanic people, I think, I don't remember the exact numbers, but Hispanic people make 80 cents to the dollar compared to uh, a, 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 a white person. But then a woman makes 85 cents to the dollar compared to a man. But if you're both, you're a Hispanic woman, you're making 40 cents to the dollar. Right. So neither of those stats really apply to you. No. Right. And you can't just, oh, multiply math. Dude. No, you specifically have to look at a targeted um, population. And right. the targeted population here really is uh, black trans women are a on a very bad looking chart, a very, very low point. And that's not even, um, that's just the reported ones. 
that's just the reported ones. Exactly. Right. Which exactly. is exponentially just unbelievably large, the unreported ones, because because there is the shame that that their loved one died. They're like, they're not going to put it out there. They're not going to report it. They're going to just, oh, it was just, a, it was just a drive by or it was just a, a, a domestic abuse. Like, you know, it, so those are, um, we don't even get to, we don't even see the, um, the true numbers in relation. Yes, to we don't. And on, honestly, most of the numbers that we see about trans stuff are also us based. And as being a global organization, it would, it would, it would, we'd be doing a disservice not to mention the fact that, the United States is not the worst place in the world to live for transgender people, not by a long shot. Right. Um, there are much, much worse places. And believe me, this is everywhere. This right. isn't just something that only exists where modern American media is blasting to people. That's how people turned trans because they saw it on TV. That's not real. Trans people right. exist everywhere. Right. <laughs> um, and, Honestly, well, there is a bit of a, try, trans, and I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't. I had no clue. Yeah, and there there is a piece of the trans experience that ties back to ancient cultures and 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 indigenous cultures, particularly in North America and particularly in Australia, where there are you know people of honor. Um, there's a, a term called two spirit, which is different than transgender. Um, right. But two-spirit is essentially when someone, the, the thought was they're born with the essence of a man and a woman inside of them so that they can see both sides of the coin. Those people were often shamans or, 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 uh, or pe people of major note in, right. in those societies. And it's something that um, colonial erasure has sort of gotten rid of. Um, but this is me saying that transgender people have existed for a very long time. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> very long time. Very long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So the transgender community faces so much adversity today. We've talked about a little bit of this with discrimination and violence. And there's also this aspect of lack of access to health care. But how do we as allies move the needle towards a more equitable and just society for all the gender identities. What can we do? It feels like there's so much. And then there's also, it seems like there's so little, I think voting obviously for, for political candidates that support it are, is a, is a ginormous choice. But even before that, I think the core of it is taking a minute to understand like, what if um, your child or your sister or your, mother or your brother or your dad came to you and said, Hey, I'm, I'm trans yeah. in processing that. So I did youth ministry for 13 years. And I remember it was when scruples came out, the game scruples mm -hmm. I was playing. I had these two teens. Uh, we were playing a game, the, the game scruples. And um, I, the question I put to them was, what if I told you I was gay? And these were like, like, pretty rural uh it was clarksville tennessee so it was not a big city and they both like one of them started crying she's like what do you mean what if you're gay and i was like well what how does that change anything like what if i am and um and then we sat and processed that together so i think maybe that's something we can do as allies is is to ask that question you know you you love me you love me you like me right so what if i told you i was trans 
and 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 play that role play that process yeah with people because it shouldn't change if you love them it shouldn't change you might have to process it just like when our son came out it wasn't that i didn't love him it was that i was afraid of the world attacking him (laughs) it had nothing to do with me and my love for him it had to do with okay wow how do we process this and so um you know, same thing. If, you know, if Wally came to me all of a sudden, my husband and said, Hey, I'm trans. All right. Well, I love Wally. Like, how do we do this? You know? So I think having the courage to even just grapple with that basic question, mm-hmm. and maybe it's too big. Maybe that's too nebulous. Like, um, but maybe it's not, maybe that's really what people need to do. Right. And I think, you know, for me, societal change comes from society. So it's a a matter of having those conversations with the people who you love and trust about this is very, very important. And by no means am I going to say, you know, yes, it's important to vote for folks that support trans positive legislation, but it's just as important to communicate to the folks who you would want to vote for, for other reasons. Right. Right. Um, why this is important. And I think it has to do with the value of a person goes back to your Rudolph story about we're all intrinsically born valuable. Right. 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 Um, and I think it's, it's very, very important to, to note to folks that people's self identity, regardless of how crazy it is, if someone believes this is who I am, that is worthy of respect. Yes. And it's not our place to say, to judge it. Yes. It's not our place. It's not, you, you, <laughs> don't, you don't have any, any right to say, no, you're not allowed to feel that. Right. Right. We're just here to love. We're you just know. here to love. Humankind, humankind, be both. Like, that's my favorite quote. Humankind, be both. Be human, be kind. Like, that's the, that's the bottom line. Just go be human, be kind, like, just love on people, you know? Yeah. And, and if you've got, uh, you know, a view about the transgender community where you feel I could get on board, but this is what's hanging me up. um, I would encourage you to reach out to me, reach out to somebody in the Pride Network. Let, let's let talk through those because those kind of biases, and I don't, it, it's tough to say the word out loud that, oh my God, you're trying to say I, I hold a bias. Those negative views of trans folks, they are biases right. and they are easily broken down. They can be broken down, whether it's bathroom stuff or sports stuff or any of the other stuff that, has been politicized recently. That's really, really easy to break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's part of your life. We went to a college, my daughter, our daughter and I, we went to a college uh, tour and she wanted to know if they had gender neutral bathrooms. Mm. And the, it's a, it's a college very close to here. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's one of the, on the outskirts. And uh, the little, the tour guide said, uh, Oh yeah, we don't, we don't have, we don't have that here. Meaning they didn't have, people who need to go to a gender neutral bathroom mm. there on that campus. That campus had like 5,000 people. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you, you, yeah, have- you, <laughs> <laughs> you just honoring it and seeing it and respecting it. And so, 
you know, that was an immediate no for my girl. She was like, oh, nope, nope, we're not going there. I need the, I mean, she just wanted that. She doesn't even need a gender neutral bathroom, but she wanted it for, that told her about the culture of the school. Hmm. You know, they can't even have a bathroom. Okay. I don't want to go there. So, yeah, right. It's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, the gender, the, the gender neutral bathroom conversation is a, is a, and it's an odd debate to get into with a trans person, to be honest with you, because the gender neutral bathroom sort of implies that the trans right. person needs someone somewhere separate to be safe when right. we could just allow them to feel safe in the bathroom that they identify with. Yes. Right? I love um, yes. There's, there's, there's a lot of overblown stuff in the news about how, you know, a trans woman would be going after your daughter in the bathroom. There are no news stories that are credible that that has ever happened. Ever. ever. It's just like this projected thing. <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre because it's, it, yeah. it's bizarre. It's, it's the, it's the Urban proverbial head. razor blade in the candy at Halloween. Yes. Right. There's it's, it's an old wives tale that has yeah. not ever really happened. Urban There's head. no proof that that has ever happened of a transgender person or a person posing as transgender in order to Access use the, the restroom in <laughs> a way that leads to sexual assault no. is a real leap if you break it down. Yes. Right. Stretch Armstrong. We're stretching on that one. Yeah. It's very stretchy. It's very stretchy. I mean, and there, there are times often, and, I, and this is me sharing personal experience, there are times as a gay man in a men's restroom where I feel vulnerable. Right. I would right? think so. Yeah. Right. It crosses my mind and it's, it shouldn't, it's silly, but right. it crosses your mind. I'm gay in here. If somebody knew I was gay in here, I oh, could be attacked. Exactly. Right. Because it's different. It's a private space, you know? Yes. For, um, yeah. For our sons, um, the year he had to dress out for gym, I went to the school <laughs> And I was like, I need to know if there's an adult in the locker room. And they're like, no. I was like, okay, well, I need an adult in the locker room. I was like, because bad things happen in locker rooms and my boy has come out and I need somebody standing. I was like, I don't care if your back's in the door to the locker room. You're not allowed to see things, but I need you to be within ear of everything. And they honored it. And they and for that quarter, when my son was in the locker room, they, you know, they honored him. Now, yes, was I Karen helicopter mom? Hell yeah, I was, because that's my baby. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we need more like you, but yeah, I mean, my experience growing up in South Georgia and and not being fully out of the closet except friends, right? I um, when it came to changing out at gym, it was something where I had to wear another set of clothes under my clothes if I knew I had gym, Ugh. so that I could take off my clothes and be in my gym clothes underneath, and then yeah. after put my clothes back on in Georgia, you know, right. so it's hot. Um. But that's how I got through it. And that's not, it's not great. It's not a great way to live. No. You know? no. And then it becomes, you know, how boys are of, oh, <laughs> you know, why, why are you doing this differently? You're hiding something, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, no one should live that way. That makes my heart sad. Like, you should just be able to be you and just, you know, as long as you're not hurting others, which they aren't, or you aren't, or we are not. You know, just go be you. Go be humankind. Just go be both. Go do that. You know, like it just mm -hmm. hurts my heart. So, yeah. yeah. 
Well, you know, this has been a great conversation. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I would say the thing about the Pride Network, um, which I know that's not what this call is about, but the Pride Network, if you are not part of it and you are an ally or you have interest in just learning, like that, that's why I'm there. I want to learn. I want to know what people are going through. I'm also a member of the Black EXP Network. Yeah, not, same. Not yeah. a woman of color here. <laughs> right, right, right. But there's something that you can learn from all of our different communities, and they're all welcome in that way. People yeah. come to me all the time and say, why are you segregating people into these 1EXP groups? These groups aren't segregated. No. Not even a little bit. This is an opportunity for you to go and learn from yeah. Black folks and queer folks and Middle yeah. Eastern folks and young folks and seniors and any demographic you want to learn from or want to be able to sell better to. Yes. Right? There it is. Right. These are learning tools. These are community tools. These are ways to grow your circle. And unfortunately, we live in an age where there's a lot of confirmation bias, where my friends all think like me and they are my friends because they think like me. Right. It's so important to put people in your circle that think differently and come from different backgrounds than you. Oh yeah, it is. I have a couple of your mind. <laughs> well, and I have people that are very different from me in my circle and we have beautiful, real conversations where I do think it makes a difference. It, it, it We do make a difference. Like I do. Okay. Don't agree, but I can see that, you know, mm -hmm. like and vice versa. And um, on, on the full spectrum of that, like I feel like all of us just need to, just we have what one mouth and two ears like listen just go listen to each other um, yeah but and and then for the day of um of uh remembrance i do think like it'd be really nice if people just even if you don't understand anything about it or you don't really get it like even just to pause even just to read the words that today's the day of transgender remembrance like if you took a second and just found one of the stories I think your heart could be changed because the stories are real and it's um, it's something we need to be made aware of that's happening so that we can help it to stop. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I, I would encourage you when you're looking at those stories, just go to Google and search trans violence, 2023, read one of those stories, not one of those stories. You will never find one where the transgender person did something wrong to deserve what happened to them. Right. Exactly. Right. And that is a big mind changer. Yes. And, you know, we come at this as a, from a, from a point where every person has value, right? So just because you may hold a different political leaning that doesn't always align with transgender doesn't mean you don't, you can think for yourself on any number of topics and I would issue a personal plea that you go and rethink these things that are political stances about human beings. Right. Yes. Right? That's yes. really, really important. That's not me asking you to change your party. That's me asking you to hold a different view about human beings. Yes. Right? And not just go with the party line that these people are evil. These people are trying to take something from your kids. These people it's 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 just not true and right. these people hold value just like you do 
They deserve health care. They deserve. They deserve health care for sure. They do. They deserve homes to live in. Yeah, uh, it's true. So, yeah. Yep. All right, Robin, thank you very much for joining me. This is kind of a heavy episode, but I'm sure we'll have you back in the future. <laughs> I will come back anytime you wish. And it was a heavy episode, but I feel, I feel honored to have been asked because it was, um, I did do a little searching about it and thinking about it. And hopefully someone will watch and go, oh, well, that makes sense. And maybe it'll change. Even if it changes one person's brain, then it's phenomenal that I got to be part of it. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, me and Robin are both very open people. So if you've got questions and comments about this topic and want to just talk it out, um, bring it on. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I would love it, too. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into Culture Cast. Be sure to join us next time. Um, again, this is the biweekly podcast about what makes us us. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.